God, I gotta take a shit, but it's gonna be way too long. Oh, the shit or the length of time in which it's gonna take to do it? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. I feel so backed up. If I were to go take a dump, I'd see the tip of it popping out the fucking lake two miles away. <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. So I suppose uh, I'm way out of line for saying parachute pants. Nobody's going to know what they are in this room, are they? I know what parachute pants. You see hammer baby. You know <laughs> yeah, those? You know the hammer pants were those things with the crotch hanging way down, right? That's, those aren't, those aren't parachute pants. Those aren't parachute pants. No, parachute pants were made of like actual. It was like oh, parachute material. Parachute material, yeah. So they they were like um, they were kind of like you know like cargo pants. Yeah. The green baggy ones with pockets and shit all over the place. Okay, yeah. well, parachute pants were black and they were made of parachute material and they had zip up pockets all over the place. And they were actually kind of comfortable, like, because they were so yeah. cool. So it was like parachute wearing, material would be great. Yeah, man. They, they were kind of comfortable. They were kind of goofy looking, but not, I don't even know if they It's one of the few fashions from the 80s that I would bring back and that, that that's my i suppose fashion decade of when i was a teenager and there was some bad that's a tough, that's a tough decade for fashion. Oh boy it's really bad i don't ever want to see a leg warm around a woman again yeah but you know what you look back at you know what i mean i'm a 90s i mean i was really young in the 80s but grew up in the 90s and i remember th- you'd watch uh what were the shows i'd watch like uh, 90210 and saved by the bell and i used to think they were so fucking cool like as a kid i'm like oh i like i mean look at brandon he's so awesome look at this outfit sure and now you look back at the stuff that they're wearing and you're like uh that's not that great. <laughs> that's, okay, yeah, that I'll, I'll give you that. But did, so did at you, the time it was awesome. Yeah, but did Brandon ever have to endure a United Colors of Benetton shirt? <laughs> yeah. Oh my What's god. The, the the Benetton well Benetton is a clothing line, right? You've heard of Benetton is Benetton still around? I think so, yeah. Okay, so they used to have never heard of it. Okay, so in the 80s, the Benetton shirt was this, uh, it was like a long sleeve golf shirt made of this really sort of heavy jersey-like material. And it had, they were all, you know, you could get red, yellow, green. It was like a bag of Skittles, but they all had a crest across the front in white with the color of the shirt. The lettering was the color of the shirt, and it just said, Benetton across the front. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was the closest thing to a school uniform that a non Catholic school has ever, or private school has ever had. <laughs> Every fucking person was wearing a Benetton shirt, and they were the least yeah. flattering things. That's the thing. 80s, fa- 80s fashion, there was nothing. F- I can't think of one flattering thing well, about you're not 80s into sh- You're not into shoulder pads? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like what? What? If, if if you had to pick in 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 your head, what's what's the? Okay, so we're all we're all straight men here. So if we were to picture a woman in in um, clothing from a certain era, then what? What's your era? I'm a '60s guy. You can put a woman in a long flowing summer hippie dress, and I'm my knees are shaking. Like that is that's that's the height of yeah. Ooh, la la. I uh, yeah. 
you know what? Whenever I think of sixties, I always think of like uh, like Sharon Tate and and that look with like the straight, beautiful blonde hair, and yeah, like just. It, I'm a big fan of the 60s. I'm going to go with like late 90s into the 2000s where, uh, you know what I mean, the crop top and things like that mm. really kind of made a, made an emergence. Uh, I was a huge Shania Twain fan. So just that kind of look and yeah. Yeah. And like then a, like, J, a, J, like J-Lo and like, yeah. Okay. Just like Sh- Shania Twain, like her music or like just like no, her? No, just, just no. Her I'm just curious because I mean, Shania Twain now is kind of, especially with the whole country resurgence, is like kind of really taking on a new life all over music. But, anyways, uh, for yeah. me, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like, like the 60s thing. The, the 60s thing, I, I, I dig it, but like every time I see the 60s thing, I always am like, you know, if you could, if you could smell this picture, it would tell a different story. Um, so, <laughs> so, so I'm a little, Jesus I'm a little Christ. reluctant to choose the 60s. You're a piece of work, man. <laughs> I would go. I'm gonna go with like I like. <laughs> Personally, like beautiful, I, but it doesn't smell so good. <laughs> Sounds like a country album. Everybody in the '60s, like like if you think about it, it looks like all picturesque and all that stuff. But when you when you look at it, they all look like they stink. They genuinely look like they stink. Okay, like, straight, I'm straight. serious. I'm like this is like you know I'm not just even trying to be funny. Like you go to Woodstock, you're like great, like awesome. But like they they're all like all these people are just fucking filthy. Okay, and they love it. Hey, Woodstock '99. Nobody's exactly looking like they smell like a rose there, Jack. That's what I mean. Back That's up. what I mean. It's like you know what I mean. They don't wear shoes. They're walking around. Their feet are all black. From garbage walking Scratching on the street. It's like gross. Woodstock book. Smells like pot and B.O. <laughs> I like the tw- I like the, the 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 whole like twenties thing. Mm. You know, the, the, whole, the whole the whole the whole Gatsby era shit. What I, is what I really like. like I think flap, it's the flappers. Yeah, like what's yeah. cool about it, like now it's like you can you can make the argument that like now would be the most attractive fashion yeah. era just because it, but it's also it's like lack of clothing and everyone just dresses and like do you know what i mean and then you but but the thing is about the whole flapper era stuff is that it was it wasn't all that revealing at all but it was still sexy i think kind of like the 60s too though like i'll give you the 60s but like right yeah. like okay so straight up okay so woman in a long flowing dress or woman in a mini skirt yeah, see, I say mini because I have no fucking imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a long flowing dress guy. I'd, I'd rather ah, see so a hard. woman. In, can we go in the middle? Like, can we go in the middle with the? Go ahead. Can we? I was just saying, can we go in the middle with the best piece of women's fashion, which is the sundress? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the, the dress I'm talking about. Mini- Oh, I'm th- I thought you were talking like a long. Oh no, not dress. Okay, like that. Yeah, sundress. Yeah, no, sundress wins. Sundress, all, all day long. You can put that on in any era. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. All day yeah. long. Oh yeah, the sundress. That that is kryptonite <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I I think it's 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 all. So, sometimes a mini skirt is the way to go. Sometimes it's, it really depends on you know the look. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, no, also, I mean. It's, does, I'm trying to figure out here, though. Like my kids right now. Okay, so I my daughter's in high school. What, what's okay? So my 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 decade of being in high school. There's, I mean, it, it is well documented that there are some some fashion mainstays. The Benetton shirt, for example, the leg warmers, the shoulder pads, yeah. right? 
What yep. what is this generation? What is in fact, guys? What's your generation going to be remembered for? Like Chris, you and I are definitely a generation apart. Mark's a little bit in the middle. I'm a I'm a, I'm yeah. a well yeah even Mark you're Mark what are you classified at what year were you born Well are you a Gen uh, X 79 it's 79, 79 oh. so I'm in that I'm in that kind of weird you talk. Are. and I sent you that thing yesterday yeah, you're right in the uh, middle and what I think yeah what I think is interesting about us is you you're kind of I mean just like music you really kind of get into fashion when you're in your early teens mid teens right. so you were in that was the 80s for you and then for and me that was the, the 90s. 90s and for Chris that was the 2000s so mm, I think it's kind right. of cool that there's and, like and, and like okay so men in the 90s are going to be probably remembered for wearing flannel shirts and ripped jeans and Converse uh, one stars yeah. right yeah. I mean even I yeah. was still young and fashion conscious enough in the 90s that that's what I was wearing all day long mm-hmm. and by the way for comfort the 90s wins every time that was some comfortable easy low maintenance dressing right there yeah because it was loose fitting a lot of it was just very loose sure. fitting like mod robes that, those are jammies I don't, I don't care what anybody yeah. says but they're awesome but what so, I'm saying is yeah. like, okay so the 90s has got that like Chris, you. So when were you in high school? So I'm the two, I'm the so I'm the 2000s. The, and like yeah. I would say I would say like I know like all, like Ben and I's gener like our formative years are are separated. But I think the 80s and the 2000s share yeah. a similar thing in that like nobody really likes to talk about what they wore in either of those decades. You know what I mean? Like in, <laughs> like like in the 80s, it's always like look at these pictures, look at my hair, look at my clothes. It's the insane. Yeah. In the 2000s, it's the same idea, right? Like the 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 pictures that you see coming out of the 2000s are the people that wear like the comically baggy sh- pants or like the. The, right the, you know what i mean like the puffy like the downfilled vest like the orange vest or like oh, the, yeah. the visors it was a brutal decade for fashion oh that's yeah. bad brutal, yeah, I didn't, right yeah Nobody, but the difference now though is that i think the 80s music scene like people are starting to come back to revisit the music that's coming that came out in the 80s and and find value in it whereas in the 2000s not so much and rightfully so like i don't think the 2000s is a great music decade at all but no. Um, you know, it's it's just it's we it's weird. It's one of those weird transition time periods uh, that 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 most people don't really look on. Like they they like it. Like a lot of crazy stuff happened in it, but but from a cultural perspective, most people just want to move the fuck on. That's going to be the curious thing is is I mean, again, there's so much of this the whole COVID-19 pandemic thing, but exactly how because we were we were when we were talking about to paul um last week in the <clears throat> lost episode uh we you know we were saying that um rock and roll typically gets angry as a reaction to something when there's economic hard times rock gets simple you get your grunge scenes in the midst of a economic recession in north america punk was born in the 70s when the british economy was in the tank sort of thing that's when rock gets simple and it gets angry and and i i say that now is the time is ripe for rock to become the 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 new the the, the new normal uh, to make a comeback and be popular music with everybody again like it was in the early 90s so how is this all going to affect fashion and everything because this is definitely going to happen my, my, my daughter is too old really to be affected she's her generation is set in something that isn't that so kids that are now mark your your kids age how what is there any profound effect or or what is that that this is going to have how how are they going to grow up different how what what is their uh their pop culture uh their statement going to be 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's a super interesting question. And it's, you know, I mean, in, in all respects, like, what is life going to right. be? Right, like, like even, even in terms of yeah, ideologically and, and, and everything else, like, what, what is that going to look like? It's yeah, yeah. It, lo- yeah it, it looks like more and more of people's uh, fashion and style is just going to be uh, displayed through social media and more like it, it seems like social media is almost more so than ever. Like, I, I mean, you, you, taking over people's ta- taking over people's social life. To the point where it's it is acting as a replacement, or is it? Did you did you see Trump's Trump story yesterday? Can you yeah, can you believe the nerve of this fucking guy? <laughs> Twitter finally gives him a fact check and says, mm, "I don't think so." And he he says, yeah. "We're shutting it down." Yeah. Can you? Yeah, believe- I, don't know, I don't know if he wants to give up those eighty million people that he has can, following him on Twitter. Can you believe what? This, this is that's deranged, man. Like, well, yeah, the, the whole anti-Trump movement has been bitching about tw- everybody's been bitching about Twitter. And how are you letting all this misinformation go? And the king of misinformation, the king. Yeah. Now that he's been questioned and saying, oh, no, this this is a bad thing. It, 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 it's astounding. Yeah. Yeah. Stabbing his, stabbing his own friend. In yeah. The <laughs> it's really just a distraction, to be honest, from the whole coronavirus shit. That's all it is. It's, it's, it's basically sh- throwing sure shit is. in people's faces so they don't know which thing they should be more mad about. Sure. He's um, the master of distraction. That's, that's his tactic. He, like, I don't think there's any risk to, I mean, it's, t- it's really tough to say because, because most of, most of the, the controversies with Donald Trump begin with, oh, there's no way he can do that. And then, and then we watch six months later and, and things happen. Wait, he and did unfold it. that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. But I, I, for now, I think, I think it's just, you know, throwing shit into the shit pile, essentially. I don't, I don't really think there's much into it, but it's cool to see Twitter taking a stand for truth. Yeah. Now, I don't want to delve into this too deeply, but can I ask you guys a question? I'm like, do you think that do you think that he is intentionally doing this? Do you think it's intentional distraction or do you think he is just fucking crazy and he just reacts to everything? Or do you think he is intentionally doing it with some sort of ulterior motive to push into November or to push his agenda? Or do you think he's just a fucking maniac? Both. Go ahead. Both. <laughs> Speak amongst yourselves. No, no, both. Uh, the, yeah, the, the, the man is, uh, uh, he is a classic narcissist. Uh, so that's the crazy side of him. I mean, he's he's unbalanced. So he's, un. what's the word I'm looking for? Unbalanced. Unhinged. Unhinged. That is the unhinged part of him. The the smart part of him, the stable genius, as he calls it, is just is just this. Like this is what he does. He then there's a problem. He points in eighty thousand different directions in order to to cloud what the the real issue at hand is. In the case of COVID, he badly mishandled this. His whole administration did. Mm-hmm. There's a hundred thousand people dying, and he he he's. Everything he's doing is everything but addressing the problem, right? Mm, yeah. And it's Joe Biden, and it's it's Twitter, and it's Joe Scarborough, and it's China, and it's you know, it's everything. It's, it's, it's the liberal. It's the media, the liberal <laughs> left wing media, the fake news media. All of this is yeah. It's it's a part of 
the distraction because I mean, so long as you're putting off and putting lighting enough fires everywhere else, nobody's really looking at what the source of the fire is. I guess. It's, yeah, I, I think he's not. I think yeah. he's nuts, and I think Me that too. that that I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how conscious he is of being p- the. D- Putting consciously making distractions. I just think that he's lived a life of doing shit like this and watching it work, and and I think that his unique brand of narcissism is one that is particularly effective at this time, and I and I think it's like it's like a perfect storm of a fucking complete, in my opinion, a complete monster. Yeah. Right. With <clears throat> tools to communicate and, and, and attack, but also with an entire infrastructure of whoever, whoever you believe is behind it. So like, like, uh, in my, like, it's not even an opinion at this point. Like he's, he's got, he's got, um, like, like Russian bot farms pu- oh, pushing out his talking points and, and twist faking, faking news articles to, to support his claims. There's tons of that. There's, there's all these opportunists. There's, there's these people from Fox news that are, that are now, creating justifications for it. I think it's right, just, that, I don't know how, I think, I think there's a machine that is making money off of him. And uh, do you know what I mean? And as a result, his crazy shit is getting legitimacy. It's, it's just a perfect storm. I don't think he's doing it like a, like a, no, no. I think people not, just follow behind and, and legitimize it after. Do you know what, I, do you know oh, what I'm I, saying? I, no, I disagree. I, I think it is intentional, and I think they know full well the f- effects. But then again, let's remember that amongst the three of us, he amongst the three of yeah. us, I'm the one most likely to wear the tinfoil hat. And I believe that reality TV is a conspiracy, that it is that it, that it is a conspiracy, that it is intentionally designed to take our minds off the prize and is just spoon-fed mindless pablum. And if you really think about it even further, reality TV is what built the Trump presidency. The man would have no hope of being president if he weren't a reality TV star. And reality TV is just a breeding ground for narcissists. I mean, who thinks, other than a narcissist, that they're so spe- uh, fucking special that them, uh, you know, as a plumber with a, with a sick grandmother, mother suddenly can get on TV and people are going to be moved by their story. It's just average Joes who have overinflated egos and think they are actually that interesting that they're going to be TVs and stars and everything else. And we, as a whole, we lap that shit up. So really we're, you know, as, as a society, as a whole, as an audience, we're respond, we're responsible for this. We're, we're the ones who are paying attention and hinging on every word of some dildo from buttfuck Arkansas trying to live on an <laughs> Island. You know, who cares? <laughs> you know, what's funny is I just watched, uh, they had celebrity, celebrity family feud on a couple days ago and uh, the Kardashians were on of it. Course. Like Kanye and it was, it was the Kardashians against the West family and uh, Kim and Kanye get to the end. You know, they asked the, the questions, you got 20 seconds and literally the first fucking question that Steve Harvey asks her is on a scale of one to 10, how attractive are you compared to the people that you work with? And I don't even think he got the width out of his fucking mouth. And she was like, 10. And I said, I turned and said to my wife, I'm like, who would fucking say that? 
So, of course, when it's like, how many people said it was like three, three out of 100 people thought I'm the best fucking looking person that I work with. All three of those people would be the ones who seeking a reality TV gig. Donald (laughs) Donald Trump really believes that he is a genius and an attractive man and interesting and uh, some sort of champion that in his mind, he really believes what he's saying. But we have built a we yeah. have built a, a as Chris said we've built a machine that uh, reaffirms all of this. You know, mm-hmm. if if nobody was watching and nobody was listening, there would be no reality TV. But here we are, eating this shit up. I think I think the the reality TV thing. Um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily like the reality TV is the cause of all this. I would say a lack of investment in ed- the, the collective education system is the cause for all of this to be honest because yes. if you look at like like you just look at comedies for example s- dating back to i don't know the 60s 60s level 60s comedies are m- way more intelligent right yeah. like over like you get you got on average i would say i would i would say i would say you know if you look at just look at some of the biggest movies f- from that era. You know, they're they're long, they're long character pieces. They're they're artistic. Like, and you still have that now, but they're not nearly as as popular as as something like you know Jackass Six, the movie. That's or, right. Or, we, or, yeah. Right. We, and and I don't know. I just don't know that that. I think that's just a symptom of you know. I think the money follows what the trend is, and and but it's tough to say. Who knows? It's it's the, the chicken and the egg argument, really. Yeah, what I think reality TV, I mean, ben, ben sort of alluded to this earlier. I think what reality TV does is it gives every Joe Schlub that's sitting on his fucking couch watching it that thought that, hey, that could be me. I could win a million dollars by being on an island. I could, you know I mean, be one of the, the many suitors for this beautiful uh, bachelorette. Fuck, and if I don't win it, I could be the bachelor in the next season. And then I could start my modeling career. And the guy's sitting on the fucking couch and he's covered in Cheeto grease. And you know what I mean? He's got his pants half open. And that's the dream that he's having. And that's the dream that it's the same dream that people that went and saw the first movies and thought, I would love to be mm-hmm. Judy Garland and I would love to, but now it's just a dumbed down version because that became so you look at some, and I mentioned Kim Kardashian earlier. She is the perfect example of someone that literally accomplished fucking nothing. And now yeah, is a billionaire. She's, in the she's such yeah. a dick for, for billions of dollars, basically. And the thing is, is her mom, essentially kind of forced her to suck that dick for billions of dollars and 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 wanted her to suck that dick for billions but, of dollars so it's it's really it's it gives the common man common woman that thought that i could be a star and and while well, i'm going to further my scary. conspiracy it is absolutely no coincidence in this this ever crazy head that Oh, social media becomes popular right about the same time as reality TV. And now everybody's got a cable channel and everybody can post selfies of their workout photos. And here's me after six weeks and flexing and shit like that. This, you know, now now Facebook is the poor man's reality TV is what it is. It allows people who think that, oh, my God, the world is really going to be fascinated by 
look at this, look at, you know, look at my car and all that sort of shit. Um, yeah. Look at what I have. Look at what, And, and it, it, you know, in many cases, just like reality TV, it's so funny, the name reality. Just like that, though, yeah. I, my, most of it isn't real. It, it, you know, we're making, we, we have two personas now. We have the one that's on social media and we have the one that's at home. And they're uh, yep. they're in many in, in in many cases. I'm not saying all, but in many cases, they're they're completely fake, mm-hmm. completely Absolutely. fake. They're made up I, I, personas. I, they're characters. Even the, they're they're mm-hmm. even the editing of pictures. You know what I mean? People, women are trying to well, men as well, I guess. But women trying to live up to a standard of something that's been fucking photoshopped, and you're like, <laughs> you you can't. Like you're not a robot. Hence, yeah. guys. Um, hence Trumpism. Yeah, that's, I, that's that. Yeah. This that this is hence. And next Trump will be Kardashianism or Kanyeism when he becomes the fucking president. Who knows? I think. Yeah, I th- I think that that's that social media specifically in in the, the the reality TV thing that you were saying, like every Joe Schmo could this could be me. I think the appeal to that is that generally people don't want to put the work in for fame or success, yeah. and the the idea that you know. I yeah. can just Where's my billion dollar dick. Uh, exactly. The idea that I can just wander in off the street or somebody could be like, hey, you and make me into a star is really attractive. But I but I think the truth, though, is the only people that ever end up being successful are the ones that see through that narrative and understand that the only way to get to a successful point in your life is to work hard and focus and turn off all of that bullshit. Uh, and that's the real sep- that's the real divider there. I mean, you know, it just just because there's a lot of people, you know, focusing on social media, or there's a lot of people watching <sighs> Intervention, or there's a lot of people, you know, eating McDonald's doesn't doesn't necessarily tell the entire story because there's an equal amount of people that are out there, you know, being nurses or or contributing to their commu- their actual community, not the digital community, or or even digitally helping a lot of people, especially now, like like doing pro bono psychiatric work or whatever, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's one tale. It's easy to pick on social media for sure. But I I don't know. I I don't know that it's this big. I I think the, the, the people that are on social media are special are particularly loud, but the ones that are quiet right now are typically the ones that are actually doing things. If that makes sense. Doing what things? Contributing to society. You know, in, running, in a meaningful way. No, you, you it's have, the people you, you described in the first case who are pulling all the levers right now. Yeah, that that, that same person. That, I mean, Donald Trump. Like, it, it appears it actually, that way. If anything, if anything, it actually proves that if you don't work hard and you are a shithead, you can become president of the fucking strongest nation in the world. You can, you know what I mean? If you're a Kim Kardashian, you can be visiting the the, the president of the United States at the White the, House. The and, Trump presidency you know I mean? is a scary precedent, not president, but a scary precedent. It is. Yeah. Well, it's the cat's yeah. out of the bag now, right? Like, like is it? now, now the guy, the guy is, there's a very good chance this guy gets reelected. Oh, the, he'll the, probably the, he will get reelected. Like I'm, I'm convinced he will get did people feel the same way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was young, but did people feel the same way when the actor Ronald Reagan became president? Seriously. It's, it, it's, it's, it's along the same lines. Like, you've got it. Now, Ronald Reagan was essentially just a puppet for other people that were speaking for him. Donald Trump is not a puppet for anybody. Yeah, but, but, That's but, for fucking But sure. remember, by, uh, sure, good, but yeah, good, there but was Don- that. But Ronald Reagan was the governor of California in the early 60s. Yeah. I mean, he was an established politician he from- before he was... Uh, 
president. And he was also an actor, not the yeah. fucking apprentice but guy. Like, but like you can <laughs> like you and just just to go just to go back on the Donald Trump is not a puppet thing. Like he's not a puppet in the sense that he has other people writing his speeches and 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 he has other people controlling what he says and does. But on the on the reverse, he's got business interests that he refuses to divulge. So he's even more tied to these people. Like like the, he he's he's trying to right now he's trying to rush through an arms deal to Saudi Arabia. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Jared Kushner, it, it, the, the, what the crown prince of Saudi Arabia was saying that he's got Jared Kushner in his pocket and that, and that this administration is going to do whatever we want them to do. And it's, it's, there's, there's, it's a different level now. It's a, it's much more in the open and available than it ever has been at this point. You know what I mean? Like he, and they're still, they're fighting to get Trump's tax returns now to see where his business interests lie. Like it's, it's, uh, you have people, you have, you have, you have foreign governments buying up rooms in his hotels on mass for $5,000 a room for a night. Right. And then if you go like there, there's, there's story, there's stories for Donald Trump of him, not him particularly cause he's, he doesn't even have a cell phone. So, so, so he's not tied to anything directly and he never writes anything down. But anyways, there, there's stories of like people going to want to, they want to book a, a, a room at uh, Trump tower say, or, or one of, one of his, one of his hotels on the weekend of like one of these big meetings, these big international meetings. And they can't because the prices that used to be maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars a room have skyrocketed to five, ten thousand dollars a room just for that weekend, right? Like there's this crazy corruption going on right now that that's way more out in the open. And, and because we're talking about Trump calling out Twitter and 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 fucking Nancy Pelosi coughing, you know, we're we're not looking at at the fact that the American people are just getting robbed <laughs> blindly. And she called them morbidly obese. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's the reality shit. That's the reality TV show shit that we're all expect. We're all obsessed yeah. with. Yeah, but, but the White the House real news stuff, conferences have become a fucking reality show. Yeah, like call. it's it's a it's a smokescreen. The 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 real stuff that's happening is 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 uh you know. Uh, the Republican Party stacking the the Supreme Court with 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 fundamentalist Christians and and you know um, Roy Moore using the the weight of Trump to be reelected even though he's he's been you know there, there's countless countless cases of him being a pedophile. It's like there's there's like this crazy shit that that this Trumpism stuff is distracting us from that we, that we don't have. You know, and 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 that th- we don't have we don't have the 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 educational capacity to even fully understand because we're so used to just do we you know, have is it that we don't so. have the educational capacity or is it just the sad fact that there are there is such a significant amount of us that really don't care if the guy running the show is a corrupt fuck. Just maintain the status quo and make sure that the economy's doing well enough that I can buy a new car. Mm, yeah, it, it's who knows. I don't. I wish I had the answer to that. This guy's sure, getting reelected. The results this, are this guy's, whole, this guy's whole thing is is to try and get reelected on the economy, and he's done well in the economy. Although uh, I would say that the economy is doing well because of the seeds laid by his predecessors, not because of him. He just happens like Clinton. He just happens to be in at a likely time at, at a good time. Clinton came to, during the dot com bubble in the late nineties and looked like a hero for being an economic genius. Really, it wasn't necessarily bill clinton just 
the right things were going on in the, in, in the world where the money was flowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the only and I, I think the only thing that can slow that fucking maniac down is a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Just crush that economy. Now he's got nothing going into. Now he's got nothing going into November. Like even his false claims that he had any positive influence on fucking well, any yeah, part of the economy. That's why he wants everything open again, guys. It's not because he yeah. doesn't give a shit. It's not because he doesn't think that people are going to catch the coronavirus and die. It's because he oh. wants to get reelected and he needs open it up and let it, open it up and let another quarter million people get it and die from it. And then you know what I mean. I, yeah, so the, the the I I have some friends that are that are you know uh, Trump supporters not not not, no. not socially Sorry. Um, <laughs> not they, they they don't agree with his social stuff but they they definitely use the economy as as a reason for uh, you know going on the Republican side and and my argument always is is that you know the economy ebbs and flows and it has for as long as it's existed you have ups and you have downs um, and 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 nothing's going to change that and maybe maybe one guy can can have an impact to to increase it temporarily but the the damage that Trump is doing to uh, America's international standing uh, the damage he's doing to all of their their relationships with some of their like just look at the what he's doing to Canada that stuff will last forever that th- those those things will never those things will never go away the damage Canada's making deals with with other countries now like Japan and stuff trying to get new looking for new avenues to, to bring in revenue um, and and though once once Trump's gone those deals aren't coming back right so it, I, I just think I just think whether he stays or whether he goes 10 years from now America will be worse off either way oh, 10 I, this is gonna yeah the impacts of this are 20 gonna, years it's gonna be worse than that 30 years it's gonna be worse than that the economy it'll be going up and down still right but 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 America is going is is on the decline now and and I think that Trump and a lot of other things but specifically Trump in give it a, gave it a little shove down the hill he's he's well, he's he, America's Nero is what you're saying yeah yeah that's a great yeah exactly absolutely and you know i mean they, they they've had they've had some bad presidents down there you know i mean harry truman and i mean they that have made some pretty questionable decisions over the course of their presidency but they've never had anything like this because at least i mean he might have been a fucking moron i made some bad choices but harry truman was a president this guy's not a president it's truman fucking it's, killed it's didn't truman drop the bomb yeah yeah fuck that guy too I mean, they all make bad decisions, but this this is they, they they were presidents making bad decisions that were presidential and that were uh, maybe I guess needed at that time or they felt that they were needed at that. Time. This guy is making fucking decisions just based on what he feels when he wakes up at two thirty in the morning. Like it's what he hears on Fox News in the morning. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's it's honestly like having my fucking daughter running a, a country. Like it's that kind of like emotional roller coaster, and he's putting everybody on well, it. Mm-hmm. While we're in the throes of this conversation, and I'm chomping at the bit to get out uh, to to get at that little piece that I sent you guys last night, because I figured that'd be so good fireworks. Maybe we save that for Monday. Is I mean, I, I don't want to get because yesterday was our well, yesterday technically wasn't our COVID Wednesday because we had Polly. But anyway, I, I don't want to get I don't want to get into a huge COVID episode today. Is that fair? 
Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever you're up for. Because I mean, it, well, it, if not, say so. But I, I, um, it, it, I was just going to segue into something else by saying that the only thing more convoluted than the political scene right now in the world is the NHL playoff format. <laughs> Can someone figure this out <laughs> for me? Yeah, <laughs> oh my yeah, it's true. <laughs> you talk about smoke screens and what the fuck's going on? What? <laughs> How does this work? I mean, we, we mentioned this yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, hockey's back." How does it work? Oh my god! What? So, how does it work? That's a good question. Um, there, we're down to 24 teams. There's going to be a, a play-in right. to get into the round of playoffs. It's going to be a best-of-five series um, with some really interesting matchups. We were talking about it a little bit before. Um, so, most notably for, for me so at hang, least. But hang on, Chris. Sorry. So, the way yeah. it works then is the top three seeds by winning percentage in each conference are in and then all of the other teams have to play in i feel like it's top four top, top four okay. in each, each yeah conference. so they yeah. get a buy but they're i think they're even playing games also at the same time to determine uh seeding that's the yeah. one that i don't uh, so okay yeah. so that they're in boston got robbed on that one because they're huge. they're where they get seeded are yeah. yeah no it's bullshit you're, you're you're almost you're almost washing away the entire regular season in my opinion like and it's yeah. kind of bogus well you know it's very it's very bogus because uh what's the po- what was the point of it i wish um, there i wish there could have been i i think it Sorry, my dog's hacking up a bone. Um, <laughs> I wish there could have been. Um, I, I, I would have much rather had like the the seven and eight seeds have a play in for the two wild card seeds, leave the top three from each division and have those top six, and then your bottom two spots, the seven and eight, take your four or five teams that were sort of on the bubble, your Rangers mm-hmm. and your, your Blue Jackets and, and, and those sorts of teams, your Minnesota Wilds, um, and put them in a play-in series and then just go with your your regular format. You know what I'm saying? Conference I, I would have much yeah. rather seen that because there is no question in my mind that one, at least one of the top-tier teams is going to get boned by this. Well, what I find interesting about it is you're, it's almost the reverse of the way every other season has been in which in order to qualify for one of the top seeds, you have to play one of the top teams. Like the top teams right. are battling yeah, for the point. top seed. That's fucking bizarre. Right. Like, like, I, I would think you would have one versus eight and two versus, or if you have, I mean, there's, there's 12, I guess, on each side. You know what I mean? Have those first four get a bye essentially and make it a two out of three or something. Right. So they're not waiting as long. But to, to have Tampa and Boston play each other to see who's going to be number one. Like, that's, that's what the regular season's for. That's not what the playoffs yeah, are for. That's why Boston had a 13-point lead on every other team. Well, they, they, they established were, they were, that they were the best team in the they league. They were far and away the best team in the league. Season. And I know I'm a Bruins fan, but I mean, and, and you know. It, this, and regular it, season doesn't listen, mean anything if Tampa showed that last year. It's exciting so. to be a Habs fan all of a sudden because God knows Carey Price could get red hot. What? There's there's no doubt in my mind that one team, at least one, that would not have made the playoffs will eliminate a team that easily would have been mm. in the playoffs. Mm. Like a top-tier team is going to get knocked off by a Montreal who lost nine more games than they won and is still in contention for the Stanley Cup. It's a little, it's yeah. a little much. I, I just I, I don't understand. I, I, no, I don't understand why they did this. I, I, 
because Montreal, the, I, I feel like I feel like they'll deny they'll deny it all they want, but but I feel like part of this this uh, system that they've created to restart the series was kowtowing to Montreal's ability to get into the playoffs. I I think part part of the re, like part of this is. Oh sweet, Montreal! Let's let's hand them a playoff spot. And in my opinion, like I, I don't hate Montreal's team. I really don't. I, I think they're a feisty team, um, and they're they're fun to watch. And they, and it's kind of like with the Boston shit. You watch them be, because they battle and they're they're insane and they want to win and they're entertaining. Kind of. Well, the, Mont- and, and, the Canadians are a love hate team, so they make they do make a good story. The, you know what I mean? But they have players I, I, on their team there. that battle. Like they have they have they have some really cool like players that I you yeah, know good captain good with Weber yeah and and they and and and, and carry. Price definitely isn't what he used to be, but I still think it's bogus that they're 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 in. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. They just congratulations, Montreal. You got handed a playoff spot by Gary Bettman. <laughs> it's like they were going to have twenty two teams, and they're like, you know what? Seriously. Let's make it twenty four. <laughs> and I don't fault them for that because Montreal's <laughs> Montreal's one of the biggest teams in the world. So if you can include them in something like this, by all means, go for it. But that doesn't like fuck that shit. You know? Yeah, how does Buffalo feel right now? Yeah, because Buffalo, I think, is a, probably a better hockey team than Montreal. They, they clearly don't have the goaltending uh, cachet of a Carey Price, but overall, Price is lo- they're a bit of a better team. Price ain't what he used to be, though. He's 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 on the down. No, yeah. Now, um, guys, I'm just yeah. I'm looking at something here. I had heard. I don't know if this is true, but I had heard that the NHL was the only one of the big four leagues that didn't have some sort of insurance policy to cover revenue losses due to COVID-19. That's true. Is that true? Like the NFL, not the NFL, well, the NFL, who knows if they're affected yet, but the NBA and MLB, the two teams affected, two other sports affected right now had some sort of insurance policy in place to cover their asses. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've I've heard that too. Um, Let me just, let's, let me just verify it, but that's the only, yeah. yeah, The only one I knew of that had insurance was uh, the ATP tennis for Wimbledon. They had, uh, uh, pandemic insurance. That's the only one that I know of that had any sort of coverage, but because you know, I was just saying that, you know, there's, if there's some sort of agenda to get a Montreal in, maybe the reason that the number of teams is 24 is for revenue. Here's, here's some interesting uh, stats on a, a website called statista statista.com. Uh, this is in thousands of us dollars. Um, Estimated potential loss of revenue for NHL teams per home game. This is for one game. So in ticket sales, $1.3 million lost per home game. $215,000 in food and beverage sales. Um, Almost $100,000 in team merchandise sales. $50,000 in sponsors and board side advertising. $20,000 in parking per game. So maybe the reason that they've got so many teams back in is they they just straight up need the scratch because let's not mm. forget the NHL does, does, they, yeah they and they don't have the TV contracts or, or the popularity or exposure of basketball and no, baseball yeah. and especially the NFL like they they don't have that this it's not quite like the CFL where the CFL is just purely gate driven they need every ass in the seat they can get NHL isn't quite there. But 
uh, I don't think they're wealthy enough or have a big enough TV deal to cover their asses to just say it's a wash. Certainly, certainly some teams. Yeah. Like there are, I mean, the, you, yeah, the, you're a Boston the Leafs, fan. The Rangers, I'm a Toronto the, fan. Yeah, I mean, our teams. Yeah, are we around. talk about the Habs. Like these places are the fuck. The Leafs are the perfect example. It doesn't matter what you put on the ice; they're gonna fill. They're gonna fill the building. But if you're a yeah. Sens fan, uh, the building. Yeah, I'm surprised the building wasn't full the entire time that the pandemic's been on. Just people sitting looking at the yeah. ice, but mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty bucks. But if seat. you're a Senators fan, I mean, you got to be scared shitless right now. Yeah. Well, you just hope yeah. that, that that Eugene sells it. If you're a Senators fan, you're like, oh, sweet, maybe we'll get a new owner now because it's not financially profitable, and you, Eugene might sell mm. it, and then we can f- turn it around. Um, As a Leafs yeah. fan, I'm hoping that Columbus folds before the Listen, season starts. Guys, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> who, that's, that's who you guys series. are going to get, right? In the first yeah. round? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. scared for you, honestly. I mean, not just because of the Tampa thing last year, but Columbus – they, I think they lost more man games than any other team in the NHL. They were so banged up. The fact that they were even close to making the playoffs, and we're still in it, by the way. I mean, they were they were right there. They're, they're not a Montreal Canadiens. They were right there on the bubble for that, that wild card spot. The fact that they were even there with the, 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 the games, uh, the, the man games lost to injury is, is unbelievable. And this team's coming yeah. back full steam. I'd be worried if I were the Leafs. I don't want, I would, if the Bruins were in the least position and got Columbus, I I'd be worried. I was worried worried. when they played Columbus last year. They, they, they scared the shit out of me. I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. To be perfectly honest, no, they're a good I'm, team, and I I, res, I respect <laughs> the Columbus Blue Jackets, and and they're a feisty. Te- they, they 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 they're a big team, and they hit, but like they don't have. They don't have the skill that the Toronto Maple Leafs have. They're they're well Listen, rested now. I don't I, I th- don't I don't buy it. I don't think I don't there's of all twenty four teams that are in the playoffs. I don't think there's an a more unpredictable team, a team that could be out in three games or win the whole damn thing than the Leafs. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, when they're good, uh, when it, if when they're good, they are skilled enough to beat anybody in the league. But uh, yeah. they're well defense. Yeah. But if Freddie Anderson gets on his uh, gets on a hot streak, and that uh, offense does what it can do. They could be super super dangerous, or you're gonna, you're going to get your typical yeah. shit the bed. They're gonna, and they're gone they're, to Columbus. They're either going to win five one in a game, or they're going to lose ten eight. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no your team. I'm telling you guys, uh, the Leafs are the most unpredictable. I don't know. What to think of this team? They're That's so, what Leaf fans need. So Leaf fans need unpredictability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're so talented, but they just there's something missing on that team. Yeah, it's like four defensemen. That's what's missing. <laughs> yeah, and they don't have and they don't have two fucking goalies like Boston does. And then, like, yeah. it must be nice to have two all star goalies. No shit, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. We got to pick up that Zamboni driver, buddy. The, yeah. him the Bruins haven't had questions and goals in over a decade. I mean, they had they went from Thomas to Rask, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. The, the, I I can't figure the Leafs out. One thing that does scare me though is the fact that I mean. As a Bruins fan, I was like, oh, this is perfect timing if they finish the season because Tampa was banged up bad. Yeah. And if there is one team going into the whole thing that scared me as a Bruins fan, it's it's Tampa. That's a really it's, good, yeah, that's a good team. 
I don't know if you have yeah. the answer to this, but is Stamkos going to be back? Because I remember I he was going to be out for. Oh man, that's bad. Let me look that Cause, up. Because <laughs> because he, I remember they were saying like he was going to be out until like the Stanley Cup, cha- like the finals. Yeah. So I think he will be back. I seem to oh remember. Perfect. I seem to re- I seem to remember that that yeah Stamkos was was would likely be out long enough that by time that the Bruins if they did face Tampa that he wouldn't be a factor in that. And I thought okay, right on. I know. But yeah. he, I think. I'm trying to look it up now. It, 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 I think he's back. Yeah, it's such a shame because there's so many things that are going to be calling into the question, and this is this is going to open up a whole can of worms that we already discussed before. Mm. But but we don't have to get into it. But but the it's it's such a shame um, that that the legitimacy of all of this stuff is going to be called into question. But when you really look at it, because of this time off, these teams are actually able to fit, like like ice the entire lineup for the first time which, probably yeah, which in make, playoff history almost you know yes yeah, like never the playoffs been healthier the start of the regular the season everybody's healthy ready to go yeah it's cool yeah it's weird so like like i know that that there's there's going to be plenty of excuses for for all of the teams that lose and, and there's going to be a lot of people that are saying that oh this is if, if we started the season and we ran the season the regular course we would have been different story but like you know, is there is there really a, a a better example of how good your team is when all of the teams are icing their full lineups for yeah. the most part? In that, from that perspective, I love it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I look I I believe my team is the best in the league, and I think I think they can beat anybody. So let let's I see think what Boston's they got. One of the one of the best balanced teams. Oh yeah, like you know, I think I think that's where that's where they really and and <laughs> and they made so many mistakes too with getting rid of Sagan and doing and all that shit and getting rid of uh, I mean it, in hindsight it doesn't look like a mistake to get doesn't rid of look like a mistake to me yeah Hamilton, I mean look remember? at some of the players that they've jettisoned uh, Tyler Sagan Thornton. Oh, Jesus Thornton oh, yeah. you know and boy it's worked out for him I don't I don't think there's a team that has managed the salary cap better than the Bruins have well, those guys. What I what I look at it, I always look at that team, and I always think, how the fuck do they have so many good yeah. players, and they keep it under? Well, then you've got a guy like Mar. You know, I mean, Marshan getting paid six million dollars a year versus the Leafs, where every everybody's a fucking. You know, what I mean, eight uh, eight here's, figure salary. Here's ten, here's everybody's making dollars. ten mil yeah. plus. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to have that. You have to have that hometown discount to win. It's the same as the Patriots. The Patriots wouldn't have won fucking Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl if Tom Brady was getting paid fifty million million a year. Yeah, no, you're right. He decided to make he decided to make twenty so that he could win, and uh, that's something that the Leafs just they've never been they've never cared about winning. I thought I wasn't around in the '60s, but the entire time I've been alive, they've never cared about winning at all. Yeah, they're they can say they do, yeah, but they don't fucking care about winning because the seats are full whether they win or lose. Yeah, like they also have Pasternak, and and he's not making a whole lot of money either, and and it's yeah. it's just it's it's a very and Bergeron is like the underpaid. Taves, that is superstar. that is the best yeah. line in hockey. There's he, no doubt about it. That well, yeah, Marchand uh, Bergeron line is just un, they're unbelievable. They're so mm-hmm. fun to watch. Both ends of the ice, they're unbelievable. That's the best line in hockey. I like McAvoy a lot too. Yep, um, but. We'll see. Like I, I just, it's going to be really unpredictable. I just don't think that. I guess what I was trying to say is, I just don't think that all of these reasons, these excuses that people are making, are are legitimate for the legitimacy of the. I, well, I think this will be a legitimate cut because I think this is the first too. time, probably in history, in the history of the league, where everybody's icing their full lineups. Yeah, so I mean, that's, you know, 
after it's won, uh, 23 out of 24 fans are going to be saying, well, there's an asterisk next to this, right? <laughs> because they, they didn't want win to, it. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, it, if the Leafs win, there's no asterisk. Like, that is just the hardest and most deserved win in the history of NHL hockey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. But I don't. Re- <laughs> I'm going to say this right now uh, for the record, that no matter who wins the Stanley Cup, there's no asterisk beside it. There, there, I agree. There's, there's no asterisk beside it. That this I agree. Is a, it's a legitimate win. Everybody's everybody's on, on, on a level playing field here. So, yes, it's a different format that they're going to. But playoff formats have changed numerous times in my lifetime. You know, and when yep. the playoff format changes, you don't say the following season after a change. Well, that's not legitimate. It's just those are the rules. That's a really good point. This is how the this is how it's done. You know. No, when nobody, the, when, no, they added, when the league expanded from, you know, six to however many teams, nobody said after the original six suddenly became 16 or whatever it was that the next year's cup winner wasn't legit. It's just the rules. Yeah. The rules have changed. And because of COVID-19, the rules have changed for this one year. But it doesn't mean that the cup winner isn't a legit cup winner. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't even see the logic in somebody saying that other than just sour grapes. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I agree. I completely agree. The the rule changes is a really good example. Uh, that's a perfect example of it because you could argue that adding the shootout made such a huge difference to the way that people got into the playoffs and and all of that shit, right. or you know, any of that stuff. Like like you know, pick pick your pick your rule change with the, with the league nowadays because, because sure, yeah. There's all kinds of rules in place that I, that I can't stand, but. A win is a win. I, yeah. Everybody's playing under the same rules. Whether or not you agree with them, doesn't really matter. Those are the rules, and that's that's how it plays out. Exactly. Right on, boys. Are we? Uh, th- do you got anything else you wanted to touch on before before we wrap up, or what are you thinking? We got Polly tomorrow. Eh? Do we got yeah, Polly tomorrow. tomorrow. We know what we're doing yet. What are we doing for that? I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know that we picked one yet. Have we? Huh? I like musicians as actors. Like the best acting performance by a musician. Because they've had some good ones. Hmm. Dave yeah, Matthews. Like that. Dave Matthews. Fuck Dave Matthews. <laughs> Don't get me started on Dave. Uh, oh my god. I mean, is, Dave is Matthews this, is, is a cover. Too, is Dave? this too broad of a broad of a topic? Uh, your favorite song. Period. Ooh. Yeah, just favorite song. What's your favorite song? I, is that, I know. That's not possible. I know. I was floating the idea. I don't. I don't know if anybody caught it. Where? What do you think of this? But five five song lyrics that have profoundly affected you. Mm. Five song lyrics that you would consider getting tattooed. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Wow, yeah. that line really speaks to me, sort of thing. I would actually put that in like a t- pour some sugar on me, <laughs> on my ass. Who <laughs> <laughs> let the dogs out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, what do you think of that idea? Like, here's here's a short line from a song that I'd actually consider getting tattooed on me. Hmm. I like it. I like it. Chris, uh, we also talked about the yeah, rock draft. Okay, um, and there was the, the rock draft. The rock too, draft yeah. is drafting cool. our band. Yeah, yeah. We got lots of we got lots of ideas for sure. The lyrics one is cool. I mean, I'm I don't know that I would ever get tattooed lyrics no, it, on me. Okay, so, so you're not, like, no, not going to run out and get one, but, but you know what I, know. I mean. Like it speaks no, I know to you, you so much. Sure, of course, that, yes. This this is something that I I. It, it, it is a, you know, it becomes a, a credo or a motto in your life. Yep. Like a, it's a great social post. What's your, like, what's your favorite song what lyric? What song lyric I would you tattoo it. on your arm? Or would yeah, you get tattooed right. on your body? You don't matter where you want to put it. You want to put it on your tit or your arm. Yeah, lower back. 
<laughs> yes. What would you tramp stamp on yourself? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you want me to throw that up? Actually, I, I like the idea. That's a great. That's that's a great idea. Well, it's good for social. I don't. We'll we'll have to talk to Paul to see what he's into. But uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, Paulie um, doesn't know I'd that like many song lyrics. What? Polly doesn't know that many song lyrics. After yeah, all. I, I wonder if he uh, is one of those like guys with lyrics. You know, he probably he must be. Oh, like, he's an encyclopedia. I, yeah, well, he's knowledgeable and he's a pretty sensitive guy. I guarantee this. This, I'm willing to bet that Polly chomps chomps at this one. But hey, what, let's see what we do tomorrow. Cool. We gotta hurry because uh, Mark's gotta go get online and order his uh, squagina. <laughs> <laughs> Government. Mark's got a thing for scrunchies. Mark's got a thing for scrunchies, Chris. Scrunchy it's, a little, vagina. it's a little creepy. <laughs> it's no vajankle, but the scrunchina. No. <laughs> no, no, that one's sold out. <laughs> See you tomorrow. See ya. Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.